Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the truth It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who on this town tonight Hey, welcome to another edition of the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Sometimes Rich with your host Ken from the ATL Show Hey, we got a busy lineup today. We also got in studio Alex. Alex, how you doing over there? Doing well, man. Yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. good. First and foremost, I want to start out the show. Kwame's not here with us today. Uh, he called, texted me yesterday. He is in the hospital having some uh, uh, health issues. So please solicit the prayer warriors out there and send your thoughts and prayers out to Kwame and uh, just make sure everything's all right with him. Yes, Hit him up on the Facebook. You got his number. Text him. Call him. Uh, show him that we're thinking about him. But busy day in sports. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm ready to How's talk about some stuff. It was good. You know, I watched a lot of sports, watched some good stuff, and um, yeah, it was a good, relaxing weekend. Good, good. We've got a busy lineup today. There was a lot going on in sports over the weekend. I want to definitely talk about this heat, Dallas. I want to get your takes on, uh, was this a, a bigger disappointment for the heat, or was this a bigger deal for the Dallas Mavericks finally getting over the hump and actually winning, winning the NBA championship against a team they lost to in the finals back in 05. Uh, also, I want to talk about uh, LeBron James and his arrogant comments he made the next, uh, that same night. He made a comment about fans having to wake up tomorrow and having the same life they had before they woke up today. Uh, I want to get your take on this, Alex, whether this was uh, bad advice he's getting from his circle or he's just been an immature, spoiled brat. So we'll jump into that as well. Uh, I also want to get into uh, a little NHL. Uh, might have a hockey guy calling in from uh, BC today, Al. Uh, I haven't heard, haven't got confirmation on that, but we'll be uh, p- keeping our ears peeled open for that one. But I want to talk about this meltdown Robert Longo had here in the first period. I mean, pulled in the eight minutes, 35 seconds in the first uh, period on that. So I'll jump into that once, once we talk about the Heat and Dallas game. Uh, also, I want to talk about uh, Yankees Red Sox series. Uh, what a did you get a chance to catch this series out? You know, I caught a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, uh, the Red Sox are just owning the Yankees left and right, but uh, the Yankees are just falling apart. And when I mean falling apart, I mean literally falling apart. Everybody's going on a DL, and unfortunately, Jeter uh, got on the DL yesterday, strained the calf, and he stuck at two nine nine four on his quest to reach 3,000. Uh, I also want to talk a little about uh, Plexico Burris. Uh, he's uh, going to start uh, doing some uh, work promoting gun violence. I don't know how he's going to be able to do this when <laughs> the only violence he had was gun violence towards his own self, mm-hmm. shooting himself in the back. <laughs> so definitely want to talk a little bit about that. 
Uh, he's got the Jets on his radar. I said him and Tom Coughlin were not uh, getting along at all. They said they had a very chilly uh, relationship. And also, if we can squeeze in, we want to squeeze in a little bit of Richard Cho. I don't know if you know about Richard Cho out there, but uh, he's the architect of the Oklahoma Thunder and the Portland Trail Blazers over the last couple of years. Had a, uh, him and Paul Allen weren't getting along over there, and he ousted them. And Richard Cho is considered probably uh, uh, the most smartest GM in the NBA he has a law degree, and he's very skilled in mathematics, and he uses his mathematics skills to kind of uh, negotiate contracts and, and, uh, and, and dra- draft positions within the lottery. Uh, also, I want to talk a little bit, of, well, not too much, but uh, uh, the, the, the Venus and Serena show is back in. Yes, it is. Effect. I mean, they're back playing again mm-hmm. for once at the same time, uh, but they're not looking good. 13-time Grand Slam Serena Williams has – uh, dropped the first set. When's the last time you ever heard of Venus Rims? Venus Rims getting toasted one yeah. to six in the first set in yep. a tennis match. Yep, it's been a while. It's been a while. So quickly, let's jump into this Heat Dallas game. Alex, yes. what was your take? What happened? Um, well, uh, I think that Dallas, it really came down to Dallas being better coached. I really think that all NBA teams, it all comes back to the coach. And Dallas, Rick Carlisle got every, every aorta of, of, uh, of um, just strength and talent from their team. He ripped everything out of that team, and they ended up winning. I mean, Eric Spolstra, I mean, I, I said last week he should be fired. Maybe that was a little bit, a little too harsh. But he just had no control of the team, and they fell apart uh, towards the end of the, every game. You know, they, they, had, they had big leads, except for the last game, and um, they just couldn't hold on. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. I think that really Rick Carlisle won this series. I mean, Dirk, Dirk's going to get all the credit, Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, all the little pieces, but Rick Carlisle brought it all together, and that strength came from him. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I agree with you last week when you said that uh, Sparsha needs to be fired. I think he's really, Pat Riley's really coaching that team uh, from, from the pews, as I call it. Um, he can't handle the, that, the three egos down there, especially LeBron. Who can handle LeBron's ego as well? But you're right. Rick Carlisle deserves much credit. I heard Mark Cuban say on that stage when he accepted that trophy, he said, we had to buy into Rick Carlisle's uh, system. Did you catch that? Yes, I did. Yeah. So this is something that Rick Carlisle has been working with. Uh, he's just trying to find the right team to really implement that can run this kind of offense that he's been running. Uh, it worked. Perfection. Uh, I mean, once you see a night that Dirk Nowitzki wasn't on his game, you had other players, Jason Terry, uh, step up, J.J. Barrera stepped up, and uh, even the kid from France who they uh, – that was bold. That was very mm-hmm. bold to leave the kid from France. What is it, Matt Manaheim? Yeah, it's something uh, like that. Yeah, Manaheim, something like that, yeah. Brought him in. I mean, he pretty much was getting toasted by Chris Bosch the game before that, uh, I believe in game two or three. But he uh, left him in there for a significant, significant amount of play. A lot of time in that last game, and it really paid off. He was he had a couple of shots and played some really great defense on Bosch, just shut him down. Um, but he really outcoached Spolstra, who I really think uh, really needs to be evaluated as a coach and bring in another veteran uh, NBA coach that can come in and coach his team up to its potential, uh, his quality where it's supposed to be at. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I think um, the main thing that Rick Carlisle did that that it's it's crazy because it's only been implemented in the NBA for the last you know six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Is he played zone D? 
Mm-hmm. He played in zone defense, and LeBron mm-hmm. James has never since high school been subjected to zone defense, and they had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. They had no idea because they don't move around. They're, they're very, very one-on-one oriented, just mm-hmm. isolation, and then w- once four guys come on LeBron, you get, kick it to somebody for three and hope it goes in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not, they were not used to that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is, do you think the zone D that uh, they played against LeBron, is, is this the reason why he never really had a high-scoring output? I mean, what was his highest uh, scoring total of, of the I, series? I think it was in the teens. In the teens. Yeah. I, I haven't seen him not lead this team in scoring at one time. Uh, I already said it before last week. If this team did win the championship, which I believe I called two weeks ago in the studio, yes, I called you the did. series 4-2. Yes, you did. So uh, um, I actually called it 1-1 split in Miami, 3-2 in, uh, in Dallas, and go back and close them out. Um, and he did exactly that. I, I said that was going to play Juwan Howard. He was going to get a little uh, significant, significant amount of time, mm-hmm. and he did. Yes, he did. But, but going back, I said that this team right here is going to uh, shut LeBron down. I think that, uh, that once they start playing that zone defense uh, that they play, I think they're too long, too tall, down low. Uh, that was beautiful defense. Even without Brandon Haywood, who I thought would have the biggest impact uh, and was a very disappointing performance that he showed. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him up out of here. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, he, he got, got hurt. hurt. But he, he could have played the last game. But I think yeah. the, the way that everything was going, uh, I think Rick Carlisle was fine and comfortable with the way, uh, with the lineup that he had in there. Uh, you didn't even see Pedrish to Alfred even getting the game. No, no. After after game two or three when he, when he would, you just tell he was nervous. He wasn't ready for that. <laughs> now, let's talk about also, I want to get into this free throws that, uh, that was a poor, horrendous, mm-hmm. uh, that they just, Shot. Uh, what was it? Thirteen for thirty-three. Yeah, no, they definitely missed two. Going thirteen for thirty-three. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, LeBron. He just he was out of the game. He. Was, I mean, he was just out of the game. Dwayne Wade missed some free throws down the stretch, which was kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, they just when you have three superstars, and then if anybody else gets the line, they're not even in in the flow of the game because they don't get the ball. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the line in the finals, it's tough. It's tough to make free throws when you're not sweating, when you're not getting shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's but tough. Alex, you're at home. You're supposed to be killing it from the line. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree, but it's just, uh, it, they, they were kind of like Memphis in the NCAA championship a few years ago mm-hmm. when, they just, when they got there on pure talent and the, the fundamentals of the game escape them. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, free throws and defense win championships, and they just they couldn't do either, so yeah. they didn't win. A- Alex, answer me this right here. I started to go put an APB report out on LeBron James in the fourth quarter. Where was he? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I probably could have scored more points than he did the way he was playing. <laughs> um, I, you know, I found an interesting stat. The last five minutes of every fourth quarter um, throughout the series, when it was, the game was within five points or less, Dirk Nowitzki, 26 points, 9 of 9 from the line. LeBron, 0 for 7, 0 points, not one free throw attempt. In 30 minutes in the fourth quarter, cumulative over the series, not one free throw attempt. Not one. He gets to the line 10 times a game during the regular season. He didn't get one. That, that shocked me. I saw it on SportsCenter last night. That absolutely shocked me. Answer this question. Underachiever, overachiever? <sighs> you know, I think he achieved too much too fast. And, I mean, which, you know, is great to get you to the NBA, to get you millions and millions of dollars, but... You know, you're going to peak at some point. He's 26. He's been in the league seven or eight years. And um, 
he has never learned from losing. That's the main thing, because he never used to lose. So he never knew what it felt like till he got to the NBA. He was given this whole franchise. Okay, here you go. Uh, we're, we're riding you to the, to the uh, promised land. Mm-hmm. And he never knew how to deal with losing a big game in a big series mm-hmm. and coming back and, and actually learning from his mistakes. And I think that's a problem, and you, you could totally tell this mm-hmm. during, during these finals. Let me get your take on this when I say this. I blame Dan Gilbert. They gave this man the world. They gave this man free access to the arena. He had his whole crew coming into the locker rooms, passes to do whatever they want throughout the arena, mm-hmm. gave him this free big mansion to live in for free. <laughs> and what is his report? I hear about his mama was interviewing coaches? Uh, you know, that guy, he has just made worse and worse publicity uh, mistakes ever since LeBron left. He should have taken the high road, been like, good luck, LeBron. We know you did something wrong, but... Uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the face of this franchise now, and I need to act accordingly in public. Mm-hmm. And he just, he never learned. Mm-hmm. He never learned. And that's, okay. I mean, that's, that's, just another, that's just another example of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, speaking of that, let's stay on that line. Let's talk about this arrogant comment he made that he's really getting a lot of heat uh, right now from. He said, fans having to wake up tomorrow and have the same life that they had before they woke up today, referring to... Fans that pretty much hated on him. They like he said they they wanted to see me lose. Mm-hmm. This is what he just out just, right just said out just you know publicly. Who makes that kind of comment after losing uh, a championship? What happened to the old Magic Johnson days? Hey, they beat us. We're just going to come back next year, rebuild, and and uh, give them another run, and we're going to take it next year. You know, um, I don't know. We got about a minute till break, and I'm just going to end it with this. I think that he. Was free. I think he was shell shocked first off at how he played. He just he was out of his head the whole series. He just didn't. He when you get asked those questions after something as monumental in the NBA as this, when they were they were molded to win eight championships and it didn't happen, and they were beaten by a better team, like a team team. He didn't know what to say, and I think that he just said, you know what, screw you guys, you're not doing it. I'm playing. I'm gonna do what I want to do. He said I so many times and not we, and it bothered the heck out of me. It bothered the heck out of me. So on that note, let's, let, let's go to break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes on the Kwame Lasseter Show. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions, and people not knowing or telling the truth? Tune into The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Sometimes. I, I think I need to change that to no times. <laughs> Where is Rich at? Rich knows the, the drill. If you're not here, we talk bad about you. Now, Kwame, he got a pass today because of his health issue. Like I said, everybody, please reach out there to Kwame mm-hmm. on the Facebook fan page. Text him. Give him a call. If not, say a prayer for him and, and thoughts. May the big guy be with him on that. But, Rich, uh, I don't know. I guess he's uh, back in sensitivity classes or something. <laughs> I don't know. On a couch with his uh, psychiatrist. I don't know. Rich, where you at? Come on in. Call it might, in. It might be the uh, the uh, all the time Alex show from now on, then, huh? <laughs> exactly. We got Alex in the studio with us. Samaj is not in her first time, so she's mm. not excluded. We're going to talk bad about her. Samaj, where are you? I don't like the Bengals. <laughs> the Bengals. That's what it was. <laughs> hey, but uh, let's get back into the Heat, Dallas. Uh, we t- we gave enough props to to Dirk Nowitzki finally. Uh, getting over the hump, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, how great was that to see the old man, 38 years in the league, and to see how he said he got another three years to, to run with this team. Yep. Uh, and I think he can actually do it. I believe he it. He looked this series as well. Um, but uh, also uh, Rick Carlisle, who deserved a lot of credit, but also uh, one person who really deserves uh, much credit to do is Mark Cuban, who uh, bought this team 11 years ago. And has uh, uh, probably been one of the, the funnest uh, owners to ever watch uh, in an arena. This man is right there with the fans on the floor, rooting his team on every night I see them play. Um, I'm, I'm proud of Mark Cuban for finally sticking in with this team. He didn't break this team up like most comp- most teams would do. They go out every year and break this team up. He stuck with this team, the main core, Terry, uh, Kidd, and Nowitzki. Gave him an extension last year. Gave him the money. Uh, he could have got rid of uh, Jason Kidd at his age and brought in a, a younger point guard like a J.J. Barrera and put him in the starting lineup. No, he kept him there. They believed in this team, and, and look what happens now. They won a championship and, and believe that they can do it again. What's your take on Mark Cuban, what he's done to this franchise, and what he means to Dallas? I think that um, he's made the, he's, he's bridged the gap between ownership, upper management, and the players. He's sitting behind the bench, sitting courtside in a Dallas Mavericks t-shirt and jeans every game. This mid-40s dude acting like a 19-year-old fan who just won an NBA franchise, and like, like in, a, in a raffle or something. And he's made all of his, I, I think that all of his players love him. You know, he's outlandish, but the gag order that either he put on himself or Rick Carlisle put on him before the playoffs started, it worked. And, and he knows that he, he's, he's gotten a lot of fines in the past for a lot of things that he said, but he changed, and look what happened. Like, there's been no, um, there's been no talk besides Dallas Mavericks on the court. There's no Mark Cuban getting fined 100 grand for you know, throwing a shoe at a ref or, 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 or yelling at people or whatnot. He just, he's been the model citizen in the playoffs in this whole year, 
And um, I'm really happy for him. I mean, and, and when he started getting interviewed by Stuart Scott after the finals, mm. he's like, don't talk to me. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Talk to Rick Harlow. Talk to Dirk. Talk to Jason Kidd. I'm just here signing checks. That's very humble of him. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think his next endeavor should be? I hear there's a little talk about Mark Cuban possibly going to L.A. No, I, um, I, you know, I've been talking to my friends, and I think that Mark Cuban, the major leagues need Mark Cuban. They need it. They need a jump start. They need some sort of excitement instead of like all this, you know, instead of America's pastime, make it right now. Why does it always have to be the same? A bunch of old dudes with all this money that have all this control that maybe have never played baseball before. It, it's just, it, it, it baffles my mind. And the Dodgers are maybe the, uh, the second most, if not the most iconic, probably the second most iconic team ever besides the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And he'll bring that iconic aura back. Mm-hmm. And now, after winning the championship with the Mavericks, he has that credibility. Mm-hmm. Now, the big problem is that he's, he is a real fan, which is mm-hmm. kind of a double-edged sword because, if, it, because the fans will love him, but all the owners, they don't want him. They don't want him because he's not like them. Exactly. I mean, he will be the spark plug that the major leagues need and that the Dodgers need because once, if he were to come in, they'll slowly forget about all the drama that's been going on with them, with the McCourts, with the, with the divorce and... I think that he'd be he'd be incredible for that team. Yeah, and he has the money to back it up. There's Absolutely, in there. Uh-huh. I mean, Frank McCoy can't even make payroll. He has to make <laughs> payroll by June the thirtieth. And guess what? He has to pay Manning uh, Manning Ramirez eight point three million dollars, mm-hmm. twenty five million dollars total. Mm-hmm. Eight million this year, eight million next year, and eight million in two thousand thirteen. They're still on the hook for twenty five million dollars. When they signed his man, they signed his man at thirty eight years old. What was they saying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, forty two million at thirty eight. What What about a no steroids clause or something? <laughs> if you get popped for steroids, we're not going to pay you. But I mean, Mark Human. I think that if uh, if, if he actually, I, I mean, it's far fetched. It probably won't happen. But if it does, he'll write Manny a check for twenty five mil. Say, get out of the Dodger spectrum. Just get away. Mm-hmm. Get away. I'm starting over, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna make we're gonna make some real good noise. Yeah, we talked about this before. With uh, Bobby Benilla's contract, mm-hmm. how the Mets could have just paid this guy and back in 1999, wrote him a check for $5.9 million, but 8% interest over the years. They owe this man like, uh, what, like $30, $40 million, <laughs> $34 million right now it's because ridiculous. of the interest. Can, if they go past June the 30th and not pay Manning this $8.3 million, guess what? They're going to be deeper into pockets. That $25 million is going to all of a sudden turn into about – 35, then 45, then 55. They already can't make uh, payroll for June 30th already. How are you going to pay Manny, Mar- Manny Ramirez $8.3 million? Uh, you know, uh, you know they, they're reaping what they sowed. You know, that this is just, this is bad business. Mm-hmm. This is why mm-hmm. two people should not own a franchise. It, uh, when it, the same thing happened with the Padres. When, when, when the owner went through a huge, messy divorce, things went downhill, and it was just, it was just, it's a problem, and hopefully it'll be fixed soon. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, I want to stick with a little bit of baseball while we're on it. Uh, did, did you get a chance to catch the Yankees-Red Sox series? You know, I caught a little bit. I definitely caught the highlights. I saw, I saw what needed to be seen, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, normally in the past, the Yankees had normally were, you know, owned the, the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox was a team that was kind of rebuilding after Matt Damon and everybody left. Dustin Pedroia, uh, but now it seems like the Red Sox are, 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 are clicking again. They're back in stride right now. Uh, Ortiz is hitting again. 
Uh, he was just taking the pitchers out of the park like every game that series. And the Yankees are, are seem to be falling apart literally. Mm-hmm. Java Chamberlain is out. He's going to have Tommy John. That's probably, what, about 15 to 18 months rehab. Nice. Uh, CeCe Sabathia got tagged up. He's out. And Derek Jeter, the captain, who got stuck on 2994 on his quest for 3,000, left the game with a calf strain. He might be out for an extended period of time as well. It doesn't look good for Yankees, uh, who's trying to get back into the postseason with the highest payroll in baseball, a team that's known for buying a championship. Do you think the buying a championship uh, theory is going to be able to uh, hold and work these days when you got – Good teams who, who proved, like the Rangers did last year with a $65 million payroll, that they can compete for a World Series? You know, I mean, I think those things are nice stories. Like when the Marlins won, they had no, they had no, um, they had no payroll. But I, money money's always going to win. But you have, to, you have to sign young players. You can't sign these guys t- uh, that are either at the pinnacle or two years past the pinnacle of their, of their, uh, of their prime. You know, I mean, this, is, this was bound to happen. I mean, these guys are old. These guys, they're just old. Jorge Posada, Derek Jeter, Jabba Chamberlain, that's kind of a fluke, but I mean, that just, that's just comes with being a pitcher. Mm-hmm. But if the, the uh, Red Sox spent their money smart, mm-hmm. um, Adrian Gonzalez is young. Dustin Pedroia, all these guys are young. Cole Crawford is young. Mm-hmm. Um, Best move of the MVP. Yeah, you know, it, they signed young talent. Mm-hmm. Younger. You know, young is, young is all relative in baseball because you can be 35 and still be young. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's like... It's it's just I mean Carl Crawford and Adrian Gonzalez, they, they that jump started their year this year. I mean yeah they they, they started really really slow, but mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't think you've heard the the, the rest of the, the the last of the Yankees. I mean they always go through a lull at some point because oh, yeah. they're because they're all making twenty five million dollars a year. Why do they have to play every day? Mm-hmm. I mean it's just uh, but they're relying on two guys to really carry this team right now, and it's uh, Carl, uh, Curtis Granderson, the Grandy Man, and Mark Teixeira, and the only positive note uh, on the Yankees season, the way it's going right now, is the Grandy Man and Sarah are actually tied, uh, not well, tied right now, as far as uh, time uh, to today, uh, most home runs by dual in Yankee history with uh, uh, Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. Wow. So if, can this be a season where, you know, Mark Teixeira and Curtis Granderson can and can uh, out outdo those two back then? You remember the uh, 61 yep. uh, story, you know, that was probably one of the greatest uh, a duel between two teammates in, in Major League Baseball history. Can mm-hmm. we have the, another one of those situations going down to the wire? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Curtis Granderson is much of a um, power hitter. I mean, he's doesn't he hit just hit line drive like Albert Pujols home runs? Or, or is he? I mean, I don't. Is he a power hitter? Or is he just having a good season? He's not a power hitter, but he's really blasting those balls yeah, out, out of uh, you know up into the second deck. He uh, is. I had a I had a chance to catch a couple of his last few home runs, and he's really. Hitting that ball with power. Wow. But so. the person I'm really disappointed in is not hitting that ball with power is A Rod. Well, yeah. So, you know, I think he's more focused on where <laughs> him and Cameron Diaz are going to yep. live at. <laughs> or, or which the next one's going to be. Yeah, who's the next one? I mean, I, exactly. yeah, I don't know. He's making 30 mil a year. I mean, if you lose, if you lose the drive, I mean, he has so much money mm-hmm. that going day in and day out, I mean, that, this, isn't how, this isn't how I operate, but. When you make that much money, that's why I think that having guaranteed contracts is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, is. to a certain extent. I mean, give him half guarantee and then make it incentive-based, and you'll see numbers jump. And plus, he's also on, not on steroids anymore, which probably has something to do with it. Exactly. 
Exactly. Hey, I want to touch a little bit. We've got, a, we got another uh, championship series going down to the wire right now in the NHL. We touched a little bit on it last week. Uh, but the Vancouver Canucks and, the, and uh, the Bruins are heading for a Game 7. Did you get a chance to see Game 6? You better believe I did. Did you see Roberto Luongo just have a classic meltdown? How did this man get pulled? Three, giving up three shots, 8.35 into the first, after he just called out the goalie of the Boston Bruins the game before that. Uh, uh, you know, th- this whole series has been, a, it's been an anomaly. I mean, it's just, it, doesn't, it doesn't make, there's no rhyme or reason to what's going on. Mm-hmm. There isn't, because he is, he's let up three goals at home. Mm-hmm. He's let up three goals at home and 17 on the road. I believe Luongo's in in Boston. Boston scored seventeen goals mm-hmm. in three games. Mm-hmm. In Vancouver, in Vancouver, they've scored three. Both of them were in game. They scored two in game in game one and one in game two, and they were they're blanked in uh in game five. Mm-hmm. And it, just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, is he nervous? Uh, maybe it's a self fulfilling prophecy because it's just he he's just I have no idea. I mean, I yeah. wish I had something to say about it. We got about one minute till break. Yeah, and you know, on the road, he's just horrible. At at home, he's he's nails. It's One ridiculous. Three in, in game five, but he goes on the road in game four, and he got pulled out of that game after falling behind four nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, it, he, and he went on to win eight to one. The crazy part is that when they, well, I mean, crazier part is when they score, they score fast. Mm-hmm. They score fat. Boston at home scores fast and furiously. They scored f- four goals in the first period last game. They scored four goals in the first period. I think at least one other game. It's just, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's it just like he has to have the mindset right at the beginning of the game that he's not going to let goals by. He just, he has no confidence. And uh, with that, we'll take it to break. You're watching the Kwame Lasseter Sports Show. Or listening, rather. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to Kwame Master Sports. Sometimes Rich Cam from the ATL show. We got Alex in the studio. Trying to do my little Kwame Lassiter's coming in at the third segment. Teddy Pendergrass voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kwame. <laughs> hey, I, hey, we uh, was just talking about baseball. We wrapped up hockey. Uh, Roberto Luongo classic meltdown. Uh, we talked a little bit about the heat in Dallas. And, of course, you know, we talk about everything on the show. Go get into a little football action. Plastico Barris. Released from prison after two years for gun violence. Uh, made an announcement yesterday. I don't even know why he had to hold a press conference for this press conference yesterday for him to say he's going to uh, start promoting gun violence uh, uh, in New York uh, or wherever he's going to be at because the only violence he's ever done was violence on his self-inflicted gunshot wound to his thigh. <laughs> if anything, he needs to go to Quetzal class. <laughs> I don't know how somebody could go around promote gun violence or, or violence, period, where you the one that end up self-inflicted gunshot wound uh, handing violence to your own self. I don't know how that happens. But uh, teams are out there still in the market for a big Super Bowl uh, champion tight end, um, right receiver, uh, Patrick Burris. Remember, this guy did win a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers and caught the game-winning touchdown. And when the Giants won, um, he's still 30. He's only 33. He's a big target. He can catch. Um, half the league is probably still lined up to sign this guy. Uh, there's about six teams right now, five or six teams right now, that's definitely – uh, said they will start negotiations with him, that being the Dolphins, uh, the Jets, uh, the uh, Rams, and the uh, New York Giants uh, wanted him back as well. Uh, but uh, there's a situation there in New York where you know him and Mike Tom Coughlin, Tom, Tom Coughlin just didn't get along. They, right. they had a very chilly relationship there. Uh, Michael Vick, he's out there uh, lobbying for his service as well. Um, but uh, I want to get your take, first of all, how you feel about uh, Petsko Barris promoting gun violence when he shot his own <laughs> Well, I think that, I mean, I think it's pretty, it's somewhat evident that what Michael Vick did to get back in the league was join some sort of PETA foundation or whatever because mm-hmm. of all the dogfighting. This is an easy way to get back in the good graces of, um, of Roger Goodell. That's really all it is, and I mean, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's, I'm genuine about it because because he didn't inflict pain on anybody else. He wants to make sure that people know that the guns can go off, and even if you're showing your friend a gun, things bad things could happen. So it's just about gun control. You know, I think it's, I think it's a good move. Um, and again, it's the byproduct is that he'll get back in the NFL, and people will forget about this midway through the season, especially if he's playing well. Okay, he's going to get back in the NFL. Where do you see this guy playing at? Because right now he's already said, hey, don't read the outside of a book cover. Me and Tom Coughlin, we had a chilly relationship. Yeah. Evidently, he's not going back to New York Giants. Yeah. But he also said he's warm to the idea of him being in New York with the Jets. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you're always going to have, the coaches always have the most problems with the receivers because that's the diva position. Um, I think, you know, the Jets might be a good pick. I mean, there's so many teams, every team could use somebody like him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, every every team could. I th- you know the Jets are are now the sexy team in the NFL because they play defense. Their quarterback, who I don't think is that great. I don't know. He he. That's that's another conversation altogether. But um, I think that it would make Mark Sanchez better if he could have a deep ball, jump ball threat, and that's what Plaxico Burris is. Mm-hmm. And th- and that would uh, Santonio Holmes have him on the opposite side. Antonio Holmes is more of a speed receiver. And um, he's got great hands, and Plexo can just jump up and catch anything. Or he, he was able to before he went to jail. So, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I, one thing that I know because they're a smaller market, I, and I grew up, I, or I lived in San Diego, why wouldn't he think about going to the Chargers? He has uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the best arms. Mm-hmm. Those receivers, they might not have any receivers next year. Vincent well, Jackson. I I Vincent mean, Jackson and Malcolm Florida are both going to come back. Are they for sure? Yeah, they're going to oh, come wow, back. Oh, that's news to me. Okay. Yeah, they're going to well. come back. So that's why I think I think Kwame actually said that last week, uh, or was that you uh, that said San Diego Chargers last week? I believe that was you. That was me. Uh, but it, you know, when I when I first heard that, I said, wait a minute. You know, Malcolm Floyd and Vincent Jackson, they're both coming back. They're the same type quality player. Uh, but the only scenario I could really see him going uh, is the New York Jets. Uh, because guess what? All their receivers are free agents. Mm-hmm. You definitely bring back Santonio Holmes. Right. That's your, that's your speedy wide receiver right there who can get inside the uh, you know the, the, the slots, the, the slants the, inside that pocket, and then you got a, a big target on the other side with uh, uh, Plexico Burris. Mm-hmm. And plus, of course, everybody loves Rex Ryan. Yeah. Uh, this is a <laughs> yes, team that right. can also afford to have him because they're all three or four wide receivers are free agents. So they can afford to pay him, and he'll be in contention to win a Super Bowl. They've been in the AFC Championship two times in a row the last two years. Another scenario, you can see him playing back with his old coach back in, in St. Louis, but uh, is that somewhere you want to go where a team is rebuilding, or can he be going down to Miami uh, with the situation going on with Brandon Marshall, who was stabbed up by his girlfriend oh, yeah. down there? Okay. But uh, like I said, if you want to put yourself in a position to get back into the Super Bowl and make as much money as you can because you lost $32 million going away for the last two years. you got four more years left in you. You need to make the money and put yourself in a position to win another, to win another Super Bowl. Ideal, I think, is the Jets. Yeah. I mean, I, the only other team I could think of is, and, and they had talked about it, I think you talked about it initially, is, um, is the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, what a perfect compliment it would be to Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. If you have a deep ball threat that, that in, uh, a different deep ball threat, not a mm-hmm. speedy one, one they can just jump up and catch everything. Michael Vick's, you know, got a got a gun on him. So mm-hmm. um, I think that I, you know, I think he would look good in in Eagle Green. But I mean, the mm-hmm. Jets is probably where he's going to go. I mean, it's it, it makes the most sense for him to go to the Jets. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I you know, I hope he I hope he does well. I mean, it, this. He he kind of got villainized for something. People are they're scared, you know. The, the athletes think that they need to protect themselves, and he wasn't pointing at anybody. He wasn't doing anything wrong, you know, necessarily. And uh, I hope I hope this is all behind him soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Because, uh, um, like I said, he he's probably considered, you know, over the last few years one of the top receivers in in the, in the league. Yeah, two time Super Bowl champion with two different teams, AFC NFC. Um, this he could have rolled himself into the Hall of Fame if he would have just stayed on course. But yeah. um, I don't understand why a man with you know that kind of money couldn't just say, hey, if you need security that bad, just hire a security detail. I agree. 
You you're going into VIP. The, <laughs> they got their own security bounces in there for you already. Mm-hmm. You weren't. You wasn't. You didn't grow up in the hood. So, right. You know. You don't have no street in you. You grew up in the islands. You're not even from this country. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, I really don't understand that move as well. Um, but hey, sticking with football, the second biggest market in the NFL does not have a team, but that can all soon change. L.A. Mm-hmm. Okay, the billionaire uh, guy who's bringing the, what is that? The AIG Corporation who's bringing the new stadium there. They do not want a new franchise. They want to bring in uh, a veteran team. They want to buy a team and and get them to move there. Teams on the hit list: the Vikings, bringing back the Rams, the Raiders, the Jags. Uh, and there was one more team out there. As I think well. the Chargers. The Chargers, is, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which one of these teams do you think would be the best fit in LA? Best fit, I would definitely say the Vikings. Um, Adrian Peterson is a brand on his own. Um, I, I hear a lot about the Jaguars, but I, I think they want to bring a team that will be successful soon to LA. I don't think LA's not good with losing. I mean, if the, if, if the Lakers weren't there, the Clippers would be run out of town already. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, I think with Adrian Peterson, and they have a, a young enough core, Vishante Shanko, you know, they have a young enough core as to where they could create some buzz and actually, and actually do some stuff in, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You don't think that Jacksonville Jaguars is a successful franchise? And then look, who, you got Del Rio there who played where? USC. Yes, he did. Uh-huh. And that was the whole point of him staying with Jacksonville also instead of taking that USC job because what? They thought that this might be a good opportunity that they can bring in because there was talks before about the Jaguars being brought in uh, to L.A. Yeah. No, I mean, I... And you, and you got uh, Maurice Jones-Drew who That's played true. where? That's true. Yeah, I know. UCLA, I UCLA. got <laughs> it. I got it. And, and, and <laughs> tight end, Mercedes Lewis, played where? I don't know. You you see, I like. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and this is you know, Jacksonville Jaguar has been a very successful franchise um, over the last uh, what eight to ten years. Yeah. Uh, they've they've been, they've been in the playoffs. If they didn't make the playoffs, they finished right there at uh, didn't make the playoffs, finishing just either nine and seven or even uh, at uh, ten and six. Ten I and think. six, yeah, and missing the playoffs. You know, in the AFC. This this is the only conversation there is where at ten and six you can miss the playoffs. Right. In the in the NFC nine what let's look at the Arizona Cardinals uh, eight and eight uh, uh, makes the playoffs. Yes. Okay. So this is a team who's battled the who, who's beaten and battled the Patriots, the Jets, the Steelers, the Colts. This is a, a team I think could, could compete in the NFC if they stand in the NFC. Or the AFC, that's going to have to be real line. But if you bring them to LA, you already got the AFC in Oakland. You got the AFC in San Diego. Wouldn't it make more sense to make this team an NFC, NFC team? Well, uh, I, I maybe. Um, I, I, I strong point. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's it's going to be a toss up. But I one thing that Minnesota has that that um, Jacksonville doesn't is Minnesota was one Brett Favre interception away from making the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and that. Regardless of regular season record, that rings true more to me than anything else. Mm-hmm. And Brett Favre is gone. I mean, maybe. I mean, he might be playing in a wheelchair next year. Who knows? But um, I, I think that with Adrian Peterson, Percy Harvin, Vashanti Shanko, 
they are flashier. Maurice Jones Drew's a stud. I mean, d- don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. David Garrard's more of a of a field general as opposed to a quarterback. He he banks on not making mistakes as opposed to putting up four hundred yard passing games. Mm-hmm. I just think that for the West Coast, you need something that's a little bit more West Coast offense. Now, granted, Minnesota in, in that whole division not always the highest scoring games, but they have the ability to do so. And I think LA. I think L.A. would love to have the Vikings there. And we got about a minute to break. Yeah, and just to uh, you know, uh, play devil's advocate on that, the only reason why I would see the Vikings going there is because of what? The dome, the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that lease expires at the end of uh, this year. This is the last year, and it's uh, still being repaired. And uh, I think, you know, living in a city where it's, uh, it snows like that, it could happen again. Um, uh, inflatable roof. I've never heard of an inflatable roof <laughs> in a city where it snows and, and hard like that. Um, but uh, that's the only scenario I could see. If, if they just don't ex- uh, renew that lease, uh, they would definitely come uh, to L.A. Yeah, maybe, maybe just being from L.A., maybe it's more wishful thinking that I would get the Vikings. <laughs> hey, that's both of us. I'm from L.A. too. Oh, great. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Show. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for a top show about horse racing and handicapping? Looking to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies website where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for listening. Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer is live Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds Bart. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Sometimes Rich. This is your host, Ken, from the ATL Show with Alex in the studio. Yep. Alex, got to get something for you, man. You, you are what? You are a journalist, or, or uh, the, the man with, with the pen, the master plan. We've got to come up with something for you. I know. You're, you're a residential uh, sports genius. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> Kwame might have something to say about that. <laughs> but, hey, um, Good show today. This is our last segment, and uh, we definitely want to close out the show. We've talked about NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on college football since that's what's getting ready to roll around next. Ohio State, Terrell Pryor, 
has decided to leave uh, Ohio State and enter the NFL supplemental draft. Uh, he was approached by the Canadian Football League to come play there. He turned him down, wants to go into the NFL supplemental draft. He's hired Drew Rosenhaus as his agent, who represents who? Had to go Bears, who we just touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, he's thinking about going in the league as a right receiver, if not a quarterback. Terrell Pryor, Alex, where do you see him playing at the next level, and who do you think might be in line to really take a chance on this guy? You know, we definitely got character issues with him. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what Drew Rosenhaus is uh, is known for, just signing guys that that have issues. But um, I think that it, he's kind of. Uh, He's kind of like a LeBron body where you don't really know where to put him. Mm. I mean, he's not bulky enough to play tight end. He, I mean, he's fast. He run, I think you said he runs a 4 4 40. Who knows what his hands are like? Mm. You can have quarterback hands and you have to have receiver hands. Mm. You know, I mean, I, he, it might be an enigma. I mean, they might just sign, they might, some team might just sign him as an athlete and just try him out in different spots. I mean, I, I don't think he's physical enough to play wide receiver. I don't think he can go across the middle and take a hit from Troy Polamalu and, and get up. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it could happen. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he actually has an arm to play quarterback because he has, he has the legs. He's got, he's got Vince Young speed. Um, he's bigger than Vince Young, might be a little taller. I just don't know. I mean, he might, he might not make it. I mean, he might not ever amount to anything. It's just, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he threw 3,400 yards last year, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks. Uh, does run a 4-4, has caught in, uh, a few touchdowns uh, as a wide right receiver. He did catch a, a touchdown in the, uh, in the uh, Fiesta Bowl, I believe that was, uh, when he uh, beat, uh, uh, who was that, uh, whoever they played in the Fiesta Bowl there. Uh, but he did catch a, a touchdown. But like you said, seeing him going across the middle, taking a hit from somebody like Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, uh, I don't think he's going to take that hit very well and get back up unless they can bulk, bulk this guy up. He is six six. He's got the frame to bulk up. Uh, one thing about bulking up is you do slow down on the speed. But if he does bulk up uh, and put some uh, uh, some more weight, some more muscle on that frame of his, you could possibly move over to tight end. And if he moves over to tight end, this might be a situation where this might be the most dangerous tight end in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he he definitely fits the mold of the uh, of the new the new breed of um of tight end. You know, like. Uh, uh, Antonio Gates and Kellen Winslow, like more athletic as opposed to blocking guys that actually can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, speed is very important in the tight end position now. And if if you can get if you can bulk up, you know, twenty or thirty more pounds, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, and uh, but then but then blocking becomes an issue because he's never really blocked his whole life. He's exactly. always been, he's always been one of those um always been one of those diva positions. And I mean, it, again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and you know, you got a lot of wide receivers or really big wide receivers that. Uh, they usually grab the big wide receivers, the big six five, six six wide receivers to come in for that that long ball threat. But now they're starting to really come in as and bring them in and, and mold them into tight ends. Damian Williams out of USC, who was one of their big threats wide receivers uh, last few years, is now uh, got drafted as a, a tight end. Um, look at uh, the kid from uh, uh, Texas, uh, who they brought in at uh, in uh, where's that? Uh, uh, no, Brandon Pettigrew, who they brought mm-hmm. in. Yep, uh, in Detroit. You know, yeah, remember he played a little wide receiver his first uh, year or two, and then they moved him over to tight end. And he, uh, he bulked up, and he still has that speed. Uh, Vishante Shanko, wide receiver in college. Yeah, right. Now, look at him, tight end. Right. So this could be a situation where uh, you know Terrell Pryor can be brought in, bulk up, have the speed, 
have the size to be able to play tight end and be that new mold of tight ends where they're just fast or quick, they're tall, and most importantly, they're just athletic freaks. Right. I mean, Absolutely. this guy is a football player. He's an athlete. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a man who can who can throw, he can uh, pass, he can catch. Uh, I mean, this you can put this guy anywhere on the field. This could be our new modern day slash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember I agree. Cordell Stewart? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this could be our new modern day slash. Uh, don't be surprised to see this man playing some quarterback in somebody's system, um, because what do you have right now that you've been seeing so far the last couple of years in NFL? The Wildcat, Wildcat formation. Yep. Tell me you can't see this man in some of those formations playing quarterback, and all of a sudden you split him out playing wide receiver, and and uh, of course as a Wildcat you're going to be running that ball as a running back. Yeah, I like that. No, I mean he he's definitely. Um, he's definitely a a step up from like Pat White from West Virginia because I mean he's tall and he's he's probably probably as fast if not faster because uh, in Miami Miami was you know they bred the Wildcat offense with all those running backs and um, and um, athletic uh, quarterbacks when Chad Henning went out um, so I mean that that could be a good spot for him I don't know I, you know honestly I don't know where else um, he would fit perfectly right now I don't know if there is a place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think I think you're definitely right that the Wildcat offense um, w- it was made for him more or less. Mm-hmm. His legacy, Ohio State, he leaves behind uh, greatness or tarnished. I think forget uh, forgettable. I mean, really, like I think that in five or seven years from now, nobody's going to remember. He sold uh, he sold um, memorabilia or he signed things that got paid for it. it. It's I don't think it's a capital offense. I really don't. I, and I, I think also he hired Drew Rosenhaus. When that backlash comes, mm-hmm. Drew Rosenhaus is the best guy at at um at um diminishing problems for for his clients, mm-hmm. and I think that that's one of the main reasons why he hired him to get paid, and he hired him to have Ohio State completely forget about Terrell Pryor completely because he didn't win anything really, you know he he didn't he didn't win he didn't win a national championship, nope. so it's not like it's two not BCS championships though he put but about uh, almost twenty million dollars in two bowls. And yeah. That's not even TV. That's not even TV revenue alone. Let's just say BCS bowl games alone. He put twelve million dollars into Ohio State's pocket. Yeah, but can, do do you remember who who won the bowl games this year? I mean, it's not like it's it's. I mean, you remember what happened with Reggie Bush because they won the national championship. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They, they didn't win the Orange Bowl. Nope. You know. So I mean, that that's the only other thing. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, he put up good numbers, but who do they? Ohio State is notorious for playing nobodies mm-hmm. until they get to conference. And yeah, he put up. He shouldn't have thrown ten picks all year. Colt McCoy was the guy that, that I compared him to with the percentages and the numbers. Colt McCoy threw like forty touchdown, forty three touchdown passes, and three interceptions his senior year, mm-hmm. or something to that effect. And it's just if you're a good quarterback, you're not going to throw interceptions against bunny schools. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he was. The, I don't think that he's going to be that memorable. So hopefully, I mean, but who knows? I mean, the backlash might be big regardless because he broke rules. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. It'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I think, uh, me personally, I think uh, they got to hammer you, OSU like they did USC. No, you're probably right. This, this, these problems go back all the way to 2002. Uh, every week there's something else coming out in the news about Ohio State, the lion, the selling memorabilia, the boosters, uh, this tattoo parlor who's involved in drugs, mm-hmm. uh, the car dealerships. Um, the list just goes on and on. Ray Small's coming out saying, oh, yeah, this has always been going on. Uh, Maurice Claret even coming out uh, saying, hey, you know, well, you know, it's not Trestle's fault, but, you know, it is Trestle's fault. Yeah, I agree. The fault falls on the coach. You know what's going on, but guess what? 
the athletic director, he knows what's going on. You fire Trestle, athletic director, he needs to go too. The I president agree. needs to step up, do the right thing, fire everybody from the athletic director on down, strip this team of their of, of their coaches and start from scratch. Now you got the new guy who's going to be the interim coach, Fickles, talking about, oh, I didn't know none of this stuff was going on. Yeah, you right. didn't see half your team riding around in new cars, Fickles. You're starting out on the wrong foot, lying already. Get rid of this guy already before uh, the NCAA launches this investigation. You're going to find out that the assistant coach did know what was going on, and uh, they're going to hammer this program like they did Ohio State, uh, USC, and you better hope they don't get the, the death penalty. Where are we at on time? Uh, we got about two minutes. Good, good. A uh, little bit real quick. We've got two minutes left. Uh, Michael Jordan finally <laughs> did something. Finally. <laughs> finally, <laughs> as an executive. <laughs> Richard Cho, the architect of the Oklahoma Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers, uh, was hired. He's the one that actually pulled off the move for the Portland Trailblazers to actually acquire who? Gerald Wallace from the Bobcats. Michael Jordan went after this guy. This guy's a genius. This guy's a genius who uses mathematical solutions and the law to really negotiate, hammer out deals, and uh, figure out which uh, players to draft, which players to trade for. Uh, He's responsible for turning around the Oklahoma Thunder and the Trailblazers. Um, Do you think this hire can finally put Jordan in the right path uh, to compete uh, for an NBA title, it's a start. It's a start. I mean, we'll see who wants. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, if you want to answer yes or no, yes. Um, but um, they got a they got a lot of work to do in Charlotte. Um, yeah. nobody wants to go to Charlotte. There's not a lot of money in Charlotte. It's a small market team. Um, you got Stephen Jackson. You, I mean, you got you got some nice players. But hopefully, in the in the years to come, oh, we got about a minute left. In the years to come, um, I hope so. Because I mean, Jordan's re- ever since Jordan left the NBA. I mean, he hasn't really had any good press. You know, he drafted Kwame Brown. He, he, he's, he's, he's made some. He's made some mistakes. You know, the adult, the adultery claim. Like, uh, just things. Just things didn't go so well. But hopefully, in the past, um, I mean, in the future, uh, things will be good for him and the Bobcats. You so. know, Laker fans can appreciate uh, uh, Michael Jordan drafting Kwame Brown because guess what? That was the best. Trade in NBA history. Augustal, Kwame Brown <laughs> for Stonehands, Kwame Brown. <laughs> well, hey, this is the Kwame last of the sports. Sometimes Rich Ken from the ATL show. That's me. We don't have Rich today or Samaj. Uh, remember, Kwame's out there uh, in the hospital. Hopefully, he's listening to us. Kwame, buddy, get well. Give us a call. Take Hope care, Kwame. Well. And uh, everybody, send your shouts out to him. Facebook, text, call him, or just uh silence prayer for him we'll see you back next week hopefully we have Kwame hope you guys enjoyed the show with Alex in the studio Alex great to have you yeah, you're always. Going. thanks man and definitely looking forward to have you uh, again uh, in the near future I'll be uh, ready you know, as much as you want I'll be ready alright thanks for tuning in this week Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.